welcome everybody to the Cards of Cats Countdown. Uh, here with Clay in studio. This is Paul, of course, and uh, brought to you by LastSportsCaster.com and the Kentucky Vlog. You may notice we've got a little name change, and that's because we, we have a format change. And I uh, want to go ahead and just talk about that real quick, and then we'll go forward with the show. Um, we've taken in some feedback from some listeners and people, and we also check our own show and kind of want to see what works, what doesn't. And we want to bring you all more content, but also have a little more structure. So what we're going to do is have more of a countdown. We're going to count down the top 10 stories or topics of the week um, for UK, UofL, and just you know, sports in general. Um, five from me and then five from Clay. And we're each going to give our take on every topic, but we're going to have quick, shorter takes. That way we can get through more content without going into the rambling and interruptions and all that sort of stuff. So, I mean... Clay, it'll happen every now and then, <laughs> but we're going to try yeah. to knock it down a little bit. So um, just a slight format change should make the show a lot better. What we're going to do now, um, each show, we're going to lead in with the biggest story of the week for UK UofL as the first two topics. Then we'll go ahead and play the interview of each week. Of course, this week's guest we have on is Rashawn Myers from 1450 The Sports Buzz, um, Mason and Myers in the Morning radio show. Uh, awesome guest. Um, you told me he was a he was a Kentucky hater. He didn't hate too much of Kentucky, so it was a it's kind of cool. I'm a big Louisville fan, but so we're gonna play that next um, after the first two questions, and after the interview, we'll go through the eight remaining topics, run through the show, and lead you out. So um, should be a lot better off. With that, let's go ahead and uh, get into it, Clay. Um, first topic is gonna be the biggest story of the week for Kentucky, and I think that was obviously. The win against Missouri last night. <laughs> um, I'll go ahead and lead on with uh, my take, and we'll, we'll go from there. Um, first of all, it was huge, <laughs> to say the least. Um, it, Kentucky needed that win so bad, and it was really kind of a make or break. Because if they don't win that game, they're probably not going to beat Florida. I mean, well, I don't think they're going to at all. And it would take a miracle run through the SEC, SEC tournament to make the champ, to make the NCAA. Um, but that's a big win. Missouri isn't a great team, but they are a definite tournament team, and that's something that Kentucky really hasn't had. Um, we thought they they got that with the win against Ole Miss. At the time, they were 16th in the country, but we've seen how they've turned out since then. <laughs> the legend of Marshall Henderson is going down, which makes me really happy. But So there's still a lot of work to be done. Well, you know, let's not get confused about that. Um, Kentucky's next three games are crucial. It's at home against Mississippi State, and then on the road at Arkansas and at Georgia. And, of course, we saw what Arkansas can do. They beat Florida a couple weeks ago. Kentucky has to win all those three games. They don't have a choice. They have to. If they can do that and then just play Florida decently well, then, you know, we'll see. But uh, the Missouri game was awesome. I had some friends that went to the game, and the crowd was all into it and going crazy. Um it was they played a team game for the first time all year. Uh, Poitras and Goodwin stepped up big. Julius Mays is the new version of Ravi Ravi Moss from back in the day. Just three point killer. Um, Willie Collie Stein. I mean, he's looking like a new Noel. <laughs> Had seven blocks and double digit rebounds. Played great. So it was really good to see the whole team just uh, knock it out of the park and, and really put together a big win that they had to have. So. Uh, now it's just we'll see what happens going forward. So, uh, with that, Clay, what's your take on it? Uh, you know, you can read, you know, whatever you want to read into the game, but you know, I think it's a good win. I think you know, it's not the biggest win. It's a good win. They, when Kentucky is, they lose to uh, Vandy, Mary. Because of what you said. The what? You said who's the next team they play? Oh, Vandy. They play Mississippi State at home. Yeah. So. If they lose to Mississippi State or Vandy or Arkansas, it all kind of washes it away. I agree. So, you know, they got to find a way to get on get on a streak. You, know, you can't win this one because if you do that, you're going to be out. It's not, it's not like they're in the tournament before yesterday. They were out. So now they're probably in. But they lose their back out. So they got to find a way to win two or three games in a row. And then you might be able to afford a loss to Florida. But you got to find a way just to keep the streak going. Mm-hmm. I like what I saw from Collie Stein. Like I said, he's going pro after this year. He's not staying. Pointers, it's probably good to see him be aggressive. I don't know what took so long, yeah. and uh, hopefully it lasts because when he's aggressive, he plays really well. Uh, Goodwin looks a lot better. Uh, they, they 
I feel pressed it came to play until the last minute, but that's what he does. Yeah. But, but I gotta tell you, um, it's pretty funny. Against Peyton Siva and Phil Pressey, who are two of the top point guards of the country, Ryan Harrell's played well. Now, against lower-tier point guards, he's crap. <laughs> but, I don't know. For whatever reason, he's played pretty well against those. So, um, Now, it was a really big game. We'll get into that more a little bit later. Um, Clay, let's go ahead and get into you, man. What's the big thing for U of L this week? Uh, big thing for the Wolves, they won yesterday, 79-51. Uh, it wasn't a big win, but it's just something that's a good confidence booster. You know, everybody got involved in the game, or not in the game, but the game, kind of in his career. 22.8 rebounds. Luke Hancock was like, he, we finally saw a lot. He transferred here, and you know, he hit a bunch of threes. I like to test the threes, two good shots. Kevin Ware came up with the best game in 10 points. Kevin Ware is really starting to round the form. Mm-hmm. We saw Peyton Siva. Wasn't his greatest game, but he shooting the ball really well. Russ was Russ. When Blackshear wasn't great. But it was just, you know, he was mostly because he's in foul trouble. So overall, I think you're going to be happy with that. That was big yesterday. And now you're moving into a situation where Patino's talking about he wants to 7 0 going into the East. So right now, that's 3 0. They have one more to go. Uh, you know, I think you got like Carrier, I think Notre Dame, I'm forgetting the other opponent, but, you know, they're not easy against us. So with these points right now, you know, right now, I think it's the term of Saturday rules, either a two seed or a three seed, if they get them out. Um, the one seeds are so wide open, right? I mean, I think they have a chance certainly. I think if they can, um, um, if they can run the table in the Big East, and uh, well, they they can maybe maybe lose one game, but they really can't lose more than that. But the Big East tournament, if they can win the Big East tournament, which they did last year, I think they have a shot. I think the winner of the Big East. Could get one, um, but it's just, dude. Who knows? Like, in it's a topic I'll, I'll hit on later. But I mean, with this year in college basketball, you can't pre- count on any team doing what they're supposed to do. You know. So yeah, I think Louisville definitely like, could. But I kind of I I like where we're at right now. We're kind of a little bit under the radar. I agree. We're starting to see some of we're starting to see some of the bigger teams like Miami got blown out yesterday. Mm-hmm. Starting to see some of the bigger teams right now that fall. Miami probably lost one yesterday. They lost fifteen to Wake Forest. Uh, you know, Zaga. I don't know if Zaga's going to be a one-seed just because they're gone Zaga. Like, I don't know if he can get hey. Zaga one-seed just because they're not as respected. According to Louisville or a big East team. According to Dickie V, they are. <laughs> That's what he said yeah, last Dickie night. Yeah, Dickie V says, well, Dickie V says everybody's a one-seed. You know, he goes to Kentucky, he says they're a top five seed. He goes to Riverside, you know, top team. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, uh, we'll, we'll talk about the tournament a little later. That's one of my topics we're going to hit on. But, yeah, I, I think Louisville's in a good spot, actually. Because, well, remember last season, you all were kind of an underdog and kind of, you know, push off the radar a little bit. And I think that's when, you know, Louisville plays their best ball. Obviously, when they got the... Well, not that you're the only team that to, to lose with the number one ranking, but, you know, when they got the ranking earlier in the year, they fell. And um, that's a lot of pressure. I think, actually, like you said, having them, like, on the fringe top ten is kind of a good place to be because they're going to go in the tournament without all the national pundits, you know, putting all the pressure on them. I think that's going to work in their favor. Because I still think... I still think currently constructed, this team was just made for the tournament. So, um, I think Bulls in a good spot. I don't know. Go ahead, sorry. I don't know about Kentucky so much, but, you know, (laughs) the thing with Kentucky, I mean, if if they make the tournament, which, again, there's still a a long way to go, but if they make it, I mean, they're going to be, what, 11 seed, you know. They're going to be a playing game. I mean something, so it's going to be against a hard team, but we'll see. So, either way, those are the two big things of the week. Obviously, kind of get the show rolling. Uh, with that, we are going to take a quick break. We're going to come back with Rashawn Myers on. Now, we recorded this interview with him before the Missouri game. Um, so, you know, there'll be a little things off like that. But uh, it's a great interview overall. He has a really good take. It was after the Louisville game, so we got that perspective on him. But Rashawn is one of the coolest guys out there. Um, so, definitely look forward to the interview. So, we'll take a quick break right here, and we'll come back in a moment on the Cards of Cats Countdown. Whether you're a UK fanatic, a Card Nation member, or a bourbon enthusiast, the Kentucky Blog is your number one destination for all things bluegrass. It's a gathering place to come and engage 
with content from across the state, including reviews on the best places to eat and the recipes that showcase the very best of Kentucky cooking. You'll also find lots of video and audio content, including high school basketball highlights, press conferences from Bettino and Cal, and post-game interviews with your favorite UK and UofL players. It's all here at the Kentucky Blog, so be sure to visit online anytime at thekentuckyblog.com or follow us on Twitter at thekyblog. Welcome back, everyone, to the Carl Cats Countdown, and this segment is going to be our inter- weekly interview, and this one we got a great guest, and it's Rashawn Myers, and we recorded it before the Missouri game for Kentucky, but after uh, Louisville's win against Seton Hall, so uh, either way, it's a lot of good content with him, uh, so let me go ahead and get that into you here, and uh, check it out. Here you go. All right, this week's guest is Mr. Rashawn Myers from 1450 The Sports Buzz. Rashawn, how's it going? I'm doing well. How are y'all doing tonight? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. You know, we're before the Missouri game, so I'm kind of excited and kind of scared a little bit. Um, Clay, what about you? Doing good, man. Just getting ready for the basketball game to come on here in a minute. Yeah, I don't think y'all had too much to worry about. You played Seton Hall. <laughs> you know. Oh, yeah. That was easy. Yeah. Not, not, it, was, it was a nice warm-up game. <laughs> hey, shout-out to Gorgie Jang, man. 23 points, looking like really caught his time out there. I think that's what he's aspiring to. I, think, uh, <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> no offense to Willie. I just hope that's not what he aspires to. But, hey, um, we got a lot to talk about. Of course, you're more of a Louisville guy. But you're also a Kentucky hater. So I guess we can talk about those teams. But, you know, we'll favor more for uh, Louisville a little bit. So, Clay, you're the Louisville guy in here. Go ahead and lead it off, man. You know, it's just, I mean, it's like you're saying, you know, Rashawn just said
you don't want to beat the tournament with. They're just working on the small things. But, I mean, they're pretty much set. You know, I think they've got everything they need. They just got to get ready and stay healthy. I, and I agree with that. I mean, I think it's one of those things where a lot of people, they want to make a lot out of the losses, but when it really comes down to it, I mean, this is a team that was within a possession uh, of victory in each of their losses, including Duke, including Syracuse, uh, you know, as well as Georgetown, Villanova, uh, and Notre Dame. I mean, they were right there. They let the games get away from them, but, I mean, the defense is always there. They always play very well on that side of the ball. Offensively, they just have to get a little bit more uh, structure, and I think if they continue to move the ball, pass the ball, if Gorgie Jane can knock down that 15-footer the way he did today, yeah. make that a consistent part of his lineup, nobody will beat this team. I mean, so I think this local team is going to continue to get better um, as the season goes along and as they move towards a Big East Conference tournament play, uh, and I think that they haven't even played their best basketball yet. Yeah. Well, everybody forgets, everybody forgets that, you know, the rule, I saw it just at Car Council, they're one of four teams in the country that's not lost by double digits in one game. I mean, they ne- they're never losing games by more than one possession. And, you know, you look at the teams who they lost, oh, no, they lost to Duke, you know, top three team in the country. Uh, you know, they lost to Villanova, who, you know, just beat Marquette today, and Villanova is a legitimate team now. You know, they lost to Syracuse, who's one of the top ten teams in the country. You know, you lost to Georgetown, who just beat Syracuse. They're going to be in the top ten. I mean, the teams that Louisville are losing to, they're losing to a really good basketball team. And, you know, the and, well, Notre Dame, which is a fluke, you know, that crazy 5 OT, the teams that are losing to it are all top 25 or borderline top 25 teams. They're only losing by possession. So there's nothing to worry about Louisville. I think, like I've been saying, they're just ready for the tournament. I think Louisville, Indiana, Duke, and, you know, maybe a team like Miami, but Miami's never really been there before. But those teams are just ready for the tournament. These regular season games, especially Louisville, I think Louisville's really ready for the Big East tournament to kind of, that's kind of where Louisville takes it up a notch every year, it seems like. When they get in the Big East tournament, it seems like they just take it up another notch. And uh, I want to hit on something too, Rashawn, something a little juicier. Y'all talk about this team that's just like ready for the tournament and they're just looking ahead. What about a team that just doesn't play very well? Like Kentucky, <laughs> they can't look ahead because they, you know, every game like it is really funny. Every announcer lately, like, I mean, this is a must-win game for Kentucky. This is a must-win game for Kentucky. I'm tired of having must-win games, man. <laughs> it's never a good sign when you have a bunch of must-win games. It's like it's like my Lakers, you know, me and Rashawn, and, you know, we're Lakers fans, and when you hear Rashawn, are you Lakers fan? It's never good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, and, and Kentucky isn't a tough spot, um, you know, because of the fact that. Unfortunately, they have not had. I mean, Coach Calipari, I really do believe he felt this was going to be a team that may struggle um, with yeah. some consistency. I think that's why you saw his non-conference schedule. He did lighten up on it a, a, a bit. Uh, you know, that's one of the reasons their non-conference schedule was rated so low. I believe it was around 75th, 76th as far as non-conference schedules because he saw this coming. I think that he knew he was going to have a young team. He wasn't going to have a lot of leadership returning. But unfortunately, because of that, you don't have a lot of opportunities for quality wins. And unfortunately, you know, Kentucky, their one quality win was against Ole Miss, and now Ole Miss is falling apart. I believe they've lost four or five uh, since losing to Kentucky. So, uh, you know, they're in a tough spot right now, and that's why tonight's game against Missouri is absolutely huge. If they have any hopes uh, to make it to the NCAA tournament, they must beat Missouri tonight. Right, because let's be honest, I mean, I'm the biggest Kentucky fan there is. And, you know, we're not beating Florida when they come home. We're just not. Unless the team turns a corner. But. I told you. I told you. You wouldn't listen. What? You know, you said, you know, if, if you didn't listen, and you, you know, now you're paying for it. I told Wait, you. Y'all are going to be Florida any time this year. No when way. did I say we were going to? I mean, I, mean, I even said before they lost, but you're not beating Florida. I've seen Florida this year. Play. You know, except, for, uh, except for Arkansas, that one Arkansas game. Yeah. They've been out. out Standing. And now that you all are reeling, you know, there's no way. Wait, I'm just wondering, because Clay apparently is a genius. When did I say we were beating Florida? Oh. <laughs> no, you, told me, you told me, I think, was it back in December after the Oh, oh, well, f- back in the day when I thought we had a chance? Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, exactly. Back in December after the Louisville was taken, like, you were, uh, we were talking about quality wins, and I said, you know, I think the only three games you guys had that were really, you know, could have been quality wins in the SEC were the two Florida games in Missouri, and you were like, we'll take one of the Florida games, I think, 
I thought we could win one. Hey, Rashawn, let's all hail Clay. He's like the Nostradamus over here. Um, exactly. <laughs> I'm just, no, I'm just saying. Well, you know, Rashawn, let, let's let's be fair. Like, um, this season's been a humbling season for Kentucky fans. I'll be one of them. I admit it. Which I know you love, which kills me. You know, but no. Well, it has. Cause here's the thing, right? Even before Cal Perry came, his last three or four seasons at Memphis were great. He's always had a good resume. You know, good tournament coach, all that player developer, and then the first three seasons were awesome. So. You know, who saw this coming, right? Um, do you see this as like a, a one-year anomaly or like a permanent, you know, kind of flaw of Cal Perry's system? Well, you know, that's always been kind of the question mark with John Calipari. His, his best teams have been teams where they've been loaded with talent, whether it be the Derrick Rose team that lost in the championship game, uh, the John Wall team, as well as, uh, uh, to me, his best coaching job, which was the Brandon Knight squad yeah. to make the Final Four. Because I still don't think that team has any business getting there in some way he, he got it done. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, that's always been a big question mark for Coach Al Perry was, uh, you know, how good of a coach is he when he doesn't have the best talent? And I think he does very good. Some coaches are very good coaching talent. I mean, Phil Jackson was a great coach when he coached great talent. He won a championship. So it's not necessarily a knock on John Calipari, but I do think certain guys, when they have the talent, they understand how to balance the ego. They understand how to have those guys to play hard and share and play an unselfish brand of basketball. Um, and, you know, it just doesn't seem like you know, Coach Cal, when he doesn't have that talent, he's just not very good. He's very good at, at managing the egos, managing the talent, but not, maybe not necessarily dealing with the, you know, Tubby Smith-type teams where you have an Eric Daniels yeah. or a Marquis Vestal, guys that maybe aren't the best. He, he, you know, that may not be his strong suit. Yeah, no, I, and I think it's interesting. It's funny because when Tubby, you know, his last couple of years or so, People complained because he wasn't getting top-tier talent. And he was a coach that was better at taking a three-star and making him good than taking a five-star and just continuing it. Well, now I got the opposite, you know, <laughs> with Kyle Perry. Because besides this year, I mean, let's be honest, he's been great with all the star players, you know. Um, even guys like Harrelson and Liggins, those are those three-star players or, you know, that kind of develop. But um, do you think he needs to, rec- like, alter his recruiting strategy at all going forward? Or just keep doing what he's doing. I mean, with the team he has coming in next year, I mean, if, if Kentucky ends up with either Julius Randle, Aaron Gordon, or uh, Andrew Wiggins, you're talking about probably the greatest recruiting class of all time. Now, of course, this year show, you know, did show that just because you have a great recruiting class or a well thought of recruiting class doesn't guarantee anything. No. Uh, but <laughs> you know, when you have guys like that coming in and you have players that are willing. Uh, you know, to come, you know, and that's been my biggest question mark. Is that when you got uh, five five star kids already, you know, where does Gordon fit in? Where does Randall fit in? Where does Wiggins fit in? Because are you going to have enough playing time? Yeah. You know, it, it, it's a big question mark. But no, if you can recruit like that and get all those players to come, I would change the thing to Coach Cal. Yeah, I told Clay that. Oh. I've I've talked to Clay about that Man. a little bit because, like, I mean, I swear, Rashawn's got to be listening to the show because he has been saying everything I've been saying here lately. I mean, I told you we were talking about this. Or we things that. I mean, we, we were talking about this last week. Yeah. You were talking about transfers. I said, none of these guys want to transfer. And I don't think hardly any of them are going to say they're all going to go pro. Because if you get these five or six players like Cal talking about, there's not going to be any room for anybody for Ryan Harrell or Kyle Woods. Well, that's what I'm saying. No, that's all we were talking about before. Um, even back before uh, the Kari Johnson came on, me and Claire were talking. I was like, you know, I don't know how many players we're going to be able to fit in this team because, like, they're kind of loaded, and, and and I think one more guy is great, but, you know, the one thing that could ruin a big team is, is chemistry. But, um, no, this season, I'll, I'll admit it, and you all have here as a Kentucky fan, you know, with Cal, he's had three years of, you know, he's been he's been great. He's done almost everything you can ask for, and you just kind of expect, hey, this is going to keep rolling for a while, you know. And I just didn't think this would be the class to kind of wreck it. But, you know, he put all his cards on the table, for Ryan Harrow, for Sean, that didn't work. <laughs> um, yeah, and you know what? He, he was in a he was in a very tough spot 
last year there weren't you know many quality point guards out there available yeah. when he was looking for a guy he, you know there, there really was not anybody out there that he could get so Ryan Harrell was probably the best that he could go for at that point because all the top point guards I believe there was only like three or four really yeah. high rated point guards and they were all already committed so yeah, I mean, Ryan Harrell was pretty much it so yeah it, it was kind of he got stuck with Ryan Harrell and he's a good player but he's not a Brandon Knight or, you know John Wall No kidding. Tournament. I think Louisville, what they need to do for the tournament 
if they're gonna pull out the infrared energy, that's the first thing. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta get rid of these ugly white units. Come on, Rashawn, you know these white units. Listen, so you can't even see the players' names on the back of them. Your parents are gonna go come see you play, and they're, they're looking for, they're sitting out there, you know, everybody always loves getting to see their name on the back of their jersey. The kids can't even see their names. I can't even see them on TV. It looks ridiculous. Hey, like, even when I go to the games, I was like, is that Chang or is that the Hannes? You can't even see. But I gotta go back to the infrared. That's the number one thing, because when you pull out the infrared, they're awesome, without a doubt. Secondly, like Rashad said, passing. Passing is big, because when Louisville passes the ball really well with Steve and Smith, they get a lot of good looks, and they get a lot of Luke Hancock threes, and, you know, the hand and dunks. And when you get that, it seems like it gets those guys involved, because you always know what you're going to get from Steven, Russ, and Jane. They're always going to give you, Steve's going to give you the passing, the defense, the Russ is going to give you the scoring and the defense, and Jane's going to give you kind of an all-around block shot defense, rebounding. He's going to give you everything. But with the hand and Hancock and Blackshear and Ware, the other main role players, it seems like when they're offensively involved, they pick up their defense. Like, they get more active. They get more. They push the tempo. So they got to find a way to do that. And then, honestly, I think one last thing with Louisville, they've got to find a way to get Wayne Blackshear more involved. Because he's just not – I mean, I love Wayne, and I think he's got potential to be a great player. The way that he has zero points, and they won by 18. Do you imagine if that guy gets in 15 points like he, like he should? I mean, this could be over. They'd be winning games by 20 plus against everybody. They gotta find a way to get Wayne Blackshear into like uh, that, you know, Kentucky Final Four, you know, uh, West Virginia, you know, some of the games they play this year. They get into that mode. If they can find a way to do that, I think Louisville's gonna have a very good chance to win a title. And, and, and I agree with you too. That and you know Wayne Blackshear, and I, but I think that's the thing to talk about this global team, and that's where Coach Patino kind of compares them to that '96 Kentucky team. Uh, the, guy, the highest points per game average scoring on that Kentucky team in '96 was Derek Anderson at 12 points per game. Mm-hmm. And, and you know that Kentucky team, one night it might be Tony Jump, one night it may be Derek Anderson, another night it might be Ron Mercer, Antoine Walker. They just had so many different guys. You really didn't know who was who was going to be the guy to step up that night. But that made them very difficult to score against. So, uh, you know, I, I mean, Wayne Blackie time against South Florida down there played very, very well. Had a great game, was getting rebound, put back dunks. But that's what makes this Louisville team tough is because you have so many different guys that can jump up on any one night. You know, it's very difficult to play, prepare a defensive game plan when you don't really know uh, who's going to be the guy to step up for that night. But the other thing that I definitely want to see from this Louisville team is in the last five minutes of a close ball game, this global team has to continue to trust the offense. They have to continue to pass the basketball and, and not have just Russ and, and Peyton Siva dribbling the ball for 25, 30 seconds of the shot clock. If this team can continue to trust the offense, move the basketball, I think they'll be successful in March. Uh, and yeah, hopefully. no doubt about it. And uh, you know, I think it's just find a way to just get a little bit of offense in the last two or three minutes. They're going to win almost every game they play. Sean, I ask you one last question. Rick Pitino said in his press conference this week, he said, we're talking about Gorgie Jenks' pro potential. He said, we'll talk about that after the championship game. So he kind of implied, he said, hey, we're going to be in the championship game. He kind of implied that. Now, it's really not been a big story because, you know, Rick Pitino says every week something new. He says he's not going to wear a white suit, and then we all know he's going to wear a white suit. So, <laughs> you know, it, it, you never believe what he says, but. He kind of implies that they're going to play in the championship game. I love this, because I like hearing the confidence from Rick Pitino. I'm getting tired of hearing the, you know, Seton Hall is the greatest team we've ever played every week. It gets really old. So I like hearing the new Rick Pitino saying we're going to be a championship game. Do you like it? Oh, I loved it. I, and I think it was almost a funny approach, because I don't even really think Coach Pitino meant to say it, but I think that's exactly. what everybody you know. I mean, I, I think that, you know, when you look at the tournament, Teams that are successful are teams that make that run. That make that run. I mean, Kentucky had the experienced guys of Deron Lamb, of Terrence Jones, making it to that Final Four, and those are the guys that carried them to a title. So, you know, you've got to like Louisville's chances with the fact that they did make the Final Four last year. You have guys that understand what it takes to get there, and now they want to get back and finish it because they remember what it felt like to lose to your bitter rival in the Final Four, and those guys want to get back. So, I mean, this team looks at its championship of plus. So I think that's what Coach Patino's thinking about. I think that's what Gorgie and Shane and Peyton and all those guys are thinking about. They got there once. They feel it's their championship to win. And, you know, I think they're going to show that. And I think you're going to see the same aggressive attacking mentality from the coach, the players, 
Everybody, all their things out right now, cutting those bears down. Yeah, and then we'll see how it goes. I mean, um, I just hope that our team makes the tournament. <laughs> so, you know, how times change within one year, right? But hey, at this day, we're still defending champions. I'm hanging on that till early April, so cause that's that's all we've there got. Go. So either way, Rashawn, it's awesome having you on here, man. I really appreciate you coming on here on short notice. So. Um, Definitely. Hey, go ahead and give us a quick plug in. When can we listen down to you on the radio? I appreciate that. Hey. Yeah, every uh, Monday through Friday, Mason and Mason in the morning on 1450, the sports buzz. Uh, me and uh, Mr. Mason yell at each other basically for two hours. It's fun. It's entertaining. Um, you know, so uh, check us out. Yeah, definitely will do, man. Well, hey, appreciate you coming on, and you uh, have a good one, all right? Hey, it's all good. It's all good, man. No worries. You're t- hey, true rival, man. Take care. All right, that was our interview with Rashawn Myers. Hope you enjoyed that. He's a lot of fun to listen to, so check him out at 1450 AM, the Sports Buzz. We're gonna sign off here for a quick break, and we'll come back with the rest of the countdown and the eight remaining topics of the week here on the Cards and Cats Countdown. Live video and audio streaming are two essential features for today's sports media outlets. If you are on a sports website and need a live streaming solution, look no further than LiveSportsCaster.com. They give you a full featured platform to produce online radio shows, live game footage, video podcasts, and more. As the owner of the Cards and Cats Countdown radio show, I couldn't be happier with the results, and I definitely recommend giving it a shot. Check out LiveSportsCaster.com now. Coming back here on the Cards of Cats countdown, and uh, just had the interview with Sean Myers and uh, Clay. That's credit to you for getting him on here, man. Cool guy. Yeah, Sean. Yeah, Sean's awesome. Not only because he's a little fan, because he's a Lakers fan, but it makes him even more cool. So he's. I knew when I met him at the football game back in Connecticut. Uh, well, not in Connecticut, over at Tom Johnson Clay, Connecticut. Yeah. When he said he was a little fan, which is also cool. We were talking about Duke, and then he was like, "Man, I hope, man, I hope my Lakers do better." I was like, "I knew I found a good person." Well, uh, hopefully they are rare because it's just a horrible combination. So, because it's weird, yeah, but I, don't, I, I can't say the Lakers, but you know, it's whatever. Anyway, we're gonna get on with the actual the rest of the countdown. Uh, we get kind of the new you know feature we're gonna do. Um, we have eight topics remaining, you know, four from each of us. We're each gonna give a take. Let's be a little quicker in this. We're gonna have limits of about one minute for each uh, response, so kind of a rapid fire thing. We're trying to mimic, you know, Stephen A. Smith and Skip Bayless. I'll be Stephen A. and you can be Skip. So yeah, I don't like Stephen A. So that's fine. And you, I don't. I know you're you're more like Skip Bayless because you annoy everybody. Yeah. <laughs> in a good way. I mean, in a good way. No, I'm just kidding. So anyway, um, let's see. Next big topic we're going to talk about um, on our end is the Cats uh, tournament chances for the NCAA. Um, that's you know the Missouri win itself is big, but it's kind of going into the tournament. That's the big part. Um, there's a lot of, like I mentioned earlier, there's a lot of work to do. The SEC tournament's going to be key. They're going to have to do something in the tournament, win one or two games there. But um, in the regular season, like I said, they had to take care of the next three games. Mississippi State at home. By the way, Andrew Wiggins visits then, so we got to impress our future savior. <laughs> and then uh, road games at Arkansas and then at Georgia. Um they should they should win all those games, but we've seen the entire year when Kentucky should win, they don't. <laughs> so you know, uh, we'll see what happens with that. But if they can do that, the Florida loss won't hurt. They don't need to get blown out. You know, if they can keep it within 10, 15 points, they'll be fine. But they have to do that. Win the next three games, play Florida fairly well, and in the SEC tournament, I think they have to at least win one game, if not two. So we'll see. And uh, what do you think, Clay? Yeah, I mean, I think to consider it successful, too, is the number I would go with because, you know, before the year, I think we said Elite Eight. So two would put you a second round, which isn't where you want to be. It was close. So it's in the ballpark, and, you know, expectations change. So I'd say two wins is about right. I think that's a, that's a good number. 
I mean, I'm not even worried about what happens in the tournament. It's more just getting there. <laughs> just so yeah. I don't have to listen to you talk about the NIT, because that would be horrible. It's going to be rough if you go to the NIT. I mean, because to be fair, I made fun of you a lot when Patino took you there. So, you know. Yeah. It would only be fair to bring it back. So, I don't know. And I thought about that, too. I mean, will it be a respectable finish? I mean, just I think Sweet 16 would be amazing. But, you know, that's a long way away. We had to get there first. So, we'll see. So, anyway, uh, go ahead. What's your next topic, Clay? Next topic Potential pros of Louisville. You know, this is, this is just foreign to us because we don't have pro players. You know, Earl Clark and uh, Terrence Williams got back on the map. He had a three game yesterday. But yeah. Rick Pitino said yesterday that Gordy Zhang should absolutely head to the pros. He said with the sweet draft, Zhang being 22 years old, that Zhang should definitely test the waters along with Russ and the Chamber here. Now, he wasn't adamant, as adamant about Russ and Chamber. He said Zhang should be gone without a doubt, which hmm. doesn't seem many Cardinal fans happy because considering. He's the one position you really don't want to lose because he's like, you know, you can replace Shane, you can replace Russ with other players. Jane, you're probably going to have to go out and get a center in the recruiting class or put Mango in next year. So, do you think Oregon Jane could be a lottery pick? You know, lottery possibly. I, 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 to me, I think he'll make an NBA regardless. I just think, for one, he's a big man with a jumper, which is big. Also, he's a really good passer out of the post. You can kind of feed through him a little bit. He's obviously going to do really well. You know, as a shot blocker, could be the next Akimbe. You know, um, but I, I think he's got the skills to make it. I really, I don't know why Gorgie isn't a bigger name nationally. Uh, maybe it's because he was injured or at Louisville. I don't know. I think he's right there, like you said, with Noel's, arguably the best big man in the class. And if, I, if I'm an NBA player or scout, I take him over Cody Zeller personally. But that's oh, just, I would uh, now. Uh, that's just me. As for the other guys, Russ Smith should go because I don't think his stock's going to be any higher than it's going to be, and it's a weak draft, so he can be make into the first round. But Hannon, I don't know because uh, he could go, he could stay. I just don't think he's ready. But it's a weak draft, and I don't know if he'll get picked next year. So I, I don't really know about Shane at all. And then Siva, hope he makes the second round. You know. So if he came out and had maybe a big tournament like he did last year, then maybe he could find a way to fill in that late round. Because you know teams like the Lakers and the teams like the Heat, they're always looking for point guards. Because usually they don't have dominant point guards, they get dominant wings. Exactly. So he might find a way to get to the late first round, but more than likely he's going to be an early second round, mid second round pick. Yeah, yeah. So we're rooting for him. We'll see what happens. Um, next thing for me, actually it's kind of the same thing you asked, but for the Kentucky edition. Um, who should stay and who should go? And I've got four names here. Willie Cauley-Stein, I want him to stay so bad and come back next year because he would be the star. But he's playing extremely well right now. And with Noel gone, he'll probably go, which hurts me. But I think he can come back and improve his free throw shooting and make us good. So that's I can't give you worse. Hold on. Hey, hold on. Uh, Poitras, obviously, him and Goodwin both, they should both go. Um they don't have a spot in next year's team because they're being replaced by Young and the Harrison Twins. Um, and now, if they keep playing a little better, they'll actually be drafted where they should be. Lottery, late lottery, whatever. Kyle Wilcher, you mentioned earlier, and I wanted to hear your take on this. I think he should come back. Um, I think there'll be some playing time, not much, but I think he'll play 10, 15 minutes a game because he's a three-point shooter. And he's a junior. And he's not going to get drafted anyway. Um, not yet, at least. So, I think he's another year. So Anyway, what about you? What do you think? I agree with you that the first three guys, Collie Stein should definitely go. He could be, like Jang, a lottery pick just because he's so athletic and just built for the NBA. His body's really, really great. Poitras, as bad as he's played, if he pulls off a couple good games here, he's right back in the top ten, maybe top five. Right. Goodwin's a first-rounder, I'd think. Maybe he might fall out of the first round You know, if he doesn't pick his game up like he did last night. Yeah. Wiltshire, I think Wiltshire should go. I think Harrow should go, too. Because, like we talked about, there's going to be no room for for Harrell or Wilson next year. They're going to be on the bench. They're going to get minimal minutes. They're going to get max 15 minutes a game. I mean, it's going to be nice playing on a good team. It's going to be like Terry Stevenson. Like, you know, you're never going to get to really shine in that system. It's going to be, it's going to be like he's a freshman again. Like, he's just playing average minutes. I think if I was him, you probably – you may not get drafted. I mean, there's a very good chance you could not get drafted. But I think if you went out there and you went to the combine 
Cal Perry gives, you know, his blessing to the kid's got a lot of potential and gives him that usual, you know, he's the best thing ever. Like, that's mm. what's happened with Jang. The team has been praising so much people have been starting to notice him. If Cal Perry did that, Wilshire came out, showed, I mean, he's a six foot ten guy who can shoot. There's not many guys that can do that. Come out there, be, he can be a nice power forward in the NBA role player. I just don't think if he sits on the bench all next year, he's going to get any exposure to be a draft pick. Uh, and we'll see. I think he's an interesting case. But I just think that I don't think he's going to get drafted. If we're not going to get drafted, why not come back another year and win a championship? But to me, I agree with Harrell not getting many minutes because also I think Polson will play next year just because he's a veteran. But I do think Wiltshire will get a little more minutes than, than you think he will. That's just me. But especially especially if Carly Sign goes because then that frees up some space. But we'll see. Um, let's see. Um, we're going to do one more. Yeah, let's go and go through. The next topic we're going to talk about is this NCAA, man? This tournament this year is going to be wide open and crazy. Back to like the Butler VCU days, you know. Um, we'll talk about that. And what I, my question: Does a one seed even matter? Um, there, but besides maybe, and I hate saying it, maybe Indiana. They're starting to separate a little bit, which crushes me. Um, besides them, no one else. Is, is consistent at all. <laughs> and even then, they'll probably fall here in, a, in the next week or two. A 1, 2, 3, 4 seed this year, Clay, I'm just not sure it makes a huge difference. Also, um, Matt Jones from Kentucky Sports Radio, he went to the uh, like the mock tournament you know, makeup and all that, and they mentioned that they're not doing the S-curve anymore. They're not making it to where, you know, the best one gets the worst two and all that. They're just putting it more based on geography. So, with so many wide-open teams... I mean, you asked if Lowell's a one seed. They could be, but my question to you, does it really matter this year? It, it matters if you're a team that's young like Miami. And then you need a one seed or a two seed because I don't think Miami could make a final four if they were a three or four seed. I just don't see it. A team like Louisville or Indiana, a one seed's not that big of a deal because they, well, maybe Indiana, but they made the Sweet 16 last year. Teams like Louisville, Indiana, Duke, it doesn't matter as much because They've been there before. Duke's been to Final Fours, even though they didn't, you know, they got beat by Lehigh last year. Louisville's been to Final Four last year. Teams like that, they don't need a one seed to prove. I mean, we saw Louisville last year. They were a four seed, a tough bracket. They found a way to get the Final Four. I don't think seeds matter as much. I think it's more based on where you're at. I think if you're a team like Louisville, you, I think you would give up a one seed to be a two seed in Rupp or be a, you know, what I'm saying like trying yeah. to be closer to home. So I don't think it means everything that it usually does. I think one seed is such a big deal. Back in '09, when we had Terrence right. Williams because we really wanted to be a number one overall seed just to say we were the number one overall seed. But I don't think it matters as much now because everything's, you know, it's, it's crazy. I don't like it. I wish it was more, you know, seven, eight teams are great and everybody else is average. Mm-hmm. And it's not that way this year. It's really, really, to be honest, it's been Indiana stood out lately. Wolves had their moments. Duke's had their moments. I think right now Wolves kind of starting to catch up with Indiana. If they can beat Syracuse, I think you can put Wolves on Indiana's level when it comes to regular season play. So I think right now it's really Indiana, Louisville maybe in the back seat. So I mean, yeah, I don't think the seeds matter as much as they usually do. Yeah, that's really really strange, <laughs> but that's okay. Uh, let's get to the last two questions here, and then we'll take a quick break. Um, I want to talk about a little bit about basketball recruiting. For I'll do for Kentucky. You can do U of L if you want, or react to these guys: um, Wiggins, Randall, and Gordon. Obviously, these are the last three names, big names waiting for Kentucky. They're hoping to get one of them. Um, Andrew Wiggins is visiting this coming week against Mississippi State. He he said his all of his visits. I think has five visits set up. Um, Julius Randle recently went to Kansas and commented and, and had a great visit and said they were the best fans he's seen, which is crap because it's all rock chalk and jaywalk stuff and whatever. But that's a little worrisome. And then Aaron Gordon, we're still top three with him, but it's just you know haven't had, heard, heard a whole lot of news. Someone asked me, uh, Chip Miller, he's from uh, Big Blue Nation. He said, would you rather have Andrew Wiggins or Randall and Gordon? And I thought about it, and I said Wiggins, and it's probably crazy. But if you're asking me in the NBA, would I rather have LeBron James or Westbrook and Carmelo Anthony? I'd take LeBron James. He's the best player. So, anyway, what do you think about that? I agree with you on it, especially in most circumstances. I, I would agree with you almost in every circumstance I would. And this, I 100% will, because if you look at Kentucky, the front court's pretty much set anyways. I mean, yeah. you got Lee, you know, you might have Pauly Stein to come back. You so might Charles. be a little small without one of them, 
But I mean, you got Johnson. We've seen Andrew Wiggins. You can put Andrew Wiggins anywhere you want. You put him the point guard, shooting guard, wherever you want to put Andrew Wiggins, just put him there because he's by far the best player we've seen since LeBron. I don't think he's as good as LeBron in hmm. high school because I think LeBron was the best high school player I've ever seen in my life. I never saw Will Chamberlain. I never saw, you know, uh, yeah. a Lou Alcindor. I, you know, Kobe maybe was that good in high school. I don't know. I, I have to look more back at it. But LeBron's the most dominant thing I've ever seen. So Wiggins is the second best to LeBron. So I think you take Wiggins if he's just – he's a guy. I don't know how he would handle the Kentucky spotlight. That's the only thing. I agree. He's like a quiet kid. And Cal always says, you can't handle it. Don't come here. We saw Alex Poitras hasn't handled it that well this year. So it could go wrong. But I think at the end of the day, you got to bet on it. It's like they always say, if you play a game against two-on-two, two, you always take the best player. Yep. You, know, you always take the best guy on the court. I think you take Wiggins. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I guess it too. I think Wiggins, he fits in better. We already have Dakari Johnson, Marcus Lee. Anyway, I know we've got one more topic to go. So, Clay, what do you got, man? All right, last topic here. You know, there's been a real question so far about Louisville football recruiting. You know, how good it was in this class, you know, the quality over quantity situation. Kentucky class is rated higher. Louisville added a couple more pieces. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stacey Thomas is the main guy I wanted to talk about. Thomas, four-star linebacker out of uh, Miami. What a shocker. Another Florida kid. Picks Louisville over Indiana, which I don't even understand why you have Indiana when you're from Miami, but that's another story for another day. So picks Louisville. Now Louisville looks like they're going to have, if I my memory is right here, James Burgess, Nick Dawson, Stacy Thomas. I mean, it's just, I, if I, I can't remember all the names. I think Louisville has five four-star linebackers. I mean, it's crazy. So I want to ask you, Paul, is Louisville a top-ten team next year? Oh, uh, without a doubt. Even without a recruiting class, they're a top-ten team. Um, one benefit, of course, the Big East, but even then, I think on their own, after the Orange Bowl, you got to think, this is a team of what, juniors coming in? You know? They, had, they were such a young team. They didn't lose very many impact players at all. you got a Heisman Trophy leading finalist. I think he'll end up being in New York as a finalist and could win the whole thing and Teddy Bridgewater. No, I definitely think Louisville's a top-ten team. Um, you've got the defense, got some help with some recruits this year. Um, also, you had some transfers in, right, that came in? Correct? All right. All right. Uh, we're going to take a break <laughs> on our last topic, and uh, going to come back here with the last segment on the Cards and Cats Countdown. Pick up a free copy of the Simply Put newspaper in Bullitt, Nelson, Washington, and Marion counties every weekend. Covering the Central Kentucky region's happenings, businesses and services, games, jokes, and local authors, along with fun stories to share with family and friends, we strive to bring you positive news each week. To read past articles, find a pickup location, or learn more about this free paper, call us at 502-348-7104 or visit us online at simplyputnewspaper.com. And if you have a business or service you wish to promote in the Central Kentucky region, our ad rates can't be beat. All right, welcome back for our last final segment here on the Cars and Cats Countdown. And uh, just going to kind of give... Each show from here, we're going to give out our our biggest takeaway from the week, or just one, one thing to take away from the whole week, regardless of what it is. It doesn't have to be Kentucky or Louisville. It can be college basketball, recruiting, movies, you know, whatever. Um, now, I am going solo on this last part. Clay had to, to do something, kind of an emergency thing, so I'm going to wrap it up myself here just in a few minutes. So, it'll have a Kentucky flavor, because I think that's the story of the week. Louisville play their game, they beat Seton Hall, they do what they're supposed to do. The story right now is Kentucky, and whether or not this bunch, without their leader, their best player, and all that, can finally play as a team. And they did, at least one game. And it was so good seeing this team finally come together as a unit. Um, Well, they did the same thing against Vanderbilt. But, you know, that's Vandy. You, You weren't sure how they would respond against an actual team, like a real good team. And they played awesome. Willie Collins-Stein was the man, blocked a lot of shots, played really good post-defense, which he didn't do in the Tennessee game. Or granted, the team didn't do anything in the Tennessee game. <laughs> but uh, he played 
about as well as you could ask. Um, he even scored some big buckets too on the inside. Uh, kind of hurts me because I think he's going to go pro now. I'm wanting to come back for next year, but yeah, oh well. Um, he played great. Alex Poitras had a big game. Finally, you know, he played aggressive, and that's what that's what we saw from the beginning of the season. But we played against Duke. He put up 20, 20 points, eight rebounds. He had a four-game stretch leading off the season, averaging at least twenty points and over six rebounds a game. And that Alex has been gone virtually the rest of the season. Now, he played the same way last night. And you look at it, he's efficient. He shoots a high percentage. He's physical. I'm not sure what's been going on the whole year. But this is his chance to kind of redeem himself. And I think uh, last night was a start you know, for, for doing that. Um, credit goes to Archie Goodwin. He's been the ire of, of all the fans' hatred and negativity. And we don't like Archie. And, you know, I've been a fan of his game, well, again, early in the year. When uh, he was leading the team, first five, ten games, he's out there averaging 16 points, you know, five rebounds, four assists a game. I mean, playing really well. Kind of reminds you of a Tyreek Evans that used to play under Kyle Perry in Memphis. And then Bad Archie's taken over. And there is definitely a Jekyll and Hyde aspect with Archie Goodwin's game, but last night it was mostly good. And when he plays smart and within the offense, and you know can shoot the ball and passes a little bit. He's much, he's a much better player. So it was really good to see him. His second half led our surge and uh, and really you know helped the team win. Then also credit goes to Ryan Harrow. I don't know how this kid does it, but against the nation's best point guards, you know whether it's Peyton Siva in the Louisville game or Phil, Phil Pressy last night, Harrow steps up and plays great. And, and he played awesome last night. Set up his teammates, had some really good passes. Also, he scored a lot of layups uh, inside, which really helped the team out a lot. Um, he was composed, learned to the turnovers, played great. Um, you know, it's kind of funny. One of our most steady players in the last month or so has been Kyle Wilcher, and he really didn't play much. And and that's and that's okay, you know. Um, for this team to really take the next step, the guys I just mentioned are, are who needs to step up, and they did. And lastly, let's talk about Julius Mays. He reminds me of Ravi Moss so so much. The old knockdown shooter from Tubby Smith days. Mays is what this team needs. Experience. And that's what you've been what's been missing for the from this team. There's been an experienced vocal leader who can calm down and hit clutch shots. I mean, there are at least two or three three point shots last night that just shouldn't have gone down that he made. Um including one late in the game and it was tied and he just threw it up from a few feet back and you know he's becoming this year's version of Darius Miller and without him this team wouldn't be here so you know big credit to him anyway that's kind of my last takeaway for the week is just the Kentucky team coming together finally for a game and playing as a team now it's just you know can they keep that going um, you know I think what helped them play together was the college game day, the atmosphere, the urgency because it was a must win. I'm not sure if they can sustain that level of play in the next three games. They're going against inferior opponents, so will they be as motivated? I don't know. But going forward, their unity and team play, or lack thereof, will ultimately decide their fate for the season. So we'll see. Uh, let's go and wrap up the show. Just want to look ahead to the week that's going to the week ahead for Kentucky and Louisville. UK has two games. They play Wednesday, on February 27th, against Mississippi State at home at o'clock. It's a big game. Andrew Wiggins is visiting that game, so we need to impress him and make him come, but also to keep the momentum going forward. And then after that, Saturday is huge, and it's at Arkansas at 4 o'clock. And... Arkansas, for whatever reason, kind of scares me because of what they did against Florida. Kentucky should win both games, but this team should have won a lot of games this year. <laughs> so, we'll see. As for Louisville, um, they have a big week coming up. The first game is, is on Wednesday. It's, it's at DePaul. That should be an easy game. It's at 9 o'clock. But then sa Saturday, it's a chance for revenge. They're going at Syracuse at noon. So, um, for Louisville... 
to surge towards a possible one seed or to solidify themselves as a two seed, they need to win this game against Syracuse and uh, try to take back the uh, Big East title. So, you know, we'll see what happens. But either way, that's our first um, Cards of Cats countdown show. I hope you enjoy the new format. Um, we'll continue to take in feedback and uh, analyze things and make the show a little better. If anyone out there has recommendations for, hey, talk about this topic this week, you know, uh, either go on Facebook, on the Kentucky Blog Facebook page, go on Twitter, you can tweet us at TheKYBlog, um, or email at TheKentuckyBlog, or sorry, TheKentuckyBlog at gmail.com, and hit us up, and we'll, if we get some, some input on some topics of the week, we'll definitely put, fit you in, so... And either with the Cards of Cats countdown, of course, you can find us on livesportscaster.com. And uh, be sure to check us out every Sunday from 1 to 2. Uh, and that's going to wrap up this edition of the Cards of Cats countdown. Thanks for listening.